Drive All Night is supported by listeners like you. To find out how you can help, please visit patreon.com slash songsoftoriamus. There you'll learn what exciting rewards we're offering for your support. Again, that's patreon.com slash songsoftoriamus to help us continue to make high quality and Torytainment for you. There's a, I played one in New York City for the show Busendorfer um, sponsors me now. So that's kind of nice because they're these um, luscious pianos and I just come up to them and I would marry them if I could. I mean, if I could have children with a Busendorfer, I would. You know, much less problems, I think. Hey, everybody. You're listening to Drive All Night, the songs of Tori Amos. We are your hosts. I'm Efren Jr. And I'm David Anderson. And on today's episode, we're talking about Thoughts, a B-side from Tori's first album, Little Earthquakes. Hey, Eve. How's it going? Oh, my God. I'm so frustrated. Why? Because we're in the middle of trying to talk about girl, get the girl episode. It's just not gelling. It's just not working. So you were like, let's take a break. Let's just clear our heads. Let's just record a whole other episode. Let's just record a different episode. Why don't you pick up the nearest magazine and tell me what it is? And we'll talk about that. And I'm like, Chico's catalog. (laughs) Let's just record it now and release it in months. Whenever. In several months. Like when when we need content, when we have to slap this on something or post it somewhere, we'll have it. Well, I guess we're done. Done. <laughs> Good. We did it. Back to girl, I guess. Hi. Hi. How are you? Have you been? I'm, <laughs> I've been well. How about you? I'm okay. How's your world changed since we turned it upside down? I turned it upside down and inside out. I like 1992. I think I peaked in 1992. I wish I could have just hit pause on life in 1992. Weren't you 12? Yeah. I had it together. I feel like Tori felt when she was five, like the future was ahead of mm-hmm. me. I was gifted and talented. I was something in those formative years, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> how about you? <laughs> when I was 12, I had a lot sided flap top intentionally does that mean it was raked like a stage how was it lopsided uh, yeah it, <laughs> it was raked like a stage if the audience was on my left ear yes i don't think that's an error that's conceptual you were a theater kid so much so that you installed a stage on your head that's true there's this one delightful picture that should never resurface of me in like a purple suit it's ridiculous i don't want to talk about it like the joker yeah, I guess I didn't realize, but I was the Joker. I you was were thinking a joke. you were more like Prince. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm in a purple suit at like a wedding or like an event. I don't know, maybe a funeral. <laughs> what kind of fabric? I don't know why that's important to me, but it is. It was polyester. And the only reason I remember that is because when I look at that picture, I can tell it's a polyester suit. Mm. So <laughs> <laughs> my flat top was lopsided and I was living. That purple suit should have had big white polka dots on it. That's how much I was living. Oh my God. Yeah, I was very light to drive. Did you ever play a trombone solo with a lopsided flat top wearing a purple suit? No, I did not. <laughs> That's a shame. I think I only wore that purple suit once, and it probably was inappropriate to play the trombone that day. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> 
It took me a minute to find my love of the trombone. Can you imagine if you were highly gifted and were a prodigy for a specific instrument that you just happened to have a crazy aptitude for, but you hated that instrument, like the piccolo? Like, what if you were an amazing piccoloist and you were like, but God, I hate the piccolo. But for some reason, I was gifted with this amazing ability to just coax a tune out of it at will. You're like Orpheus descending, but on the piccolo. Yes. What are some other fun thoughts in your head? Well, I can turn to the nearest book or magazine at my side if you wish. Yankee Candle Catalog. Um, Ooh, that's really next to you? Maybe. (laughs) Since this episode is going to be, I mean, there's not much to say about the song. We should just really fill in our listeners with the visual well, you should like help them visually with what's at our table. Okay. Ready? Yes. I have a book called Auditioning, What They Say When You Leave the Room. It's the official class text for my business of acting class. Mm, the business of acting. The business of acting, yeah. That's really demystifying it, to call it a business. No, it's true. It's good for them to know that, because it's only for college freshmen. If they want to be an actor, they need to know how to like run themselves as a business. That it is an industry, and how to book the audition. So that's what we teach in that class. And if they successfully complete that class, they'll get a free subscription for a full year to Actors Access, so they can submit themselves for as much as they want. Mm. Yeah, your turn. I hate to kind of demystify the business of podcasting by allowing too much of a window into my process or my personal life, mainly because it's kind of embarrassing. But I actually crawled into bed to record this with you. So we're building what? we're building intimacy. I'm sitting up in bed like I'm a sickly Victorian woman accepting visitors what? or something. I have three pillows behind me, one on my lap, which my laptop is precariously balanced so I can read along in the document. And as I turn to my left and look at the nightstand, I'm beginning to wonder if I'm a doomsday prepper because there are three candles on the nightstand as if I'm, you know, afraid I'm going to lose power for a long time, which might be true. <laughs> My French press, because I'm sipping coffee, and not one, but two alarm clocks and old batteries. So... What are the old batteries from, David? <laughs> Actually, from my recording equipment. Don't get carried away. Okay, okay. I'm shocked to hear that you've taken me into bed with you this whole time, and I never knew about it. I do it every time, truth be told. I feel somehow I should have known. I feel like if I'm going to be in bed with someone, I'd like to know. Um, I sit at a desk, David. You might want to invest in one. Hang on, I'm going to write this down. My desk is made out of glass. And the legs are made out of metal. Glass. Back that glass up. I'm beginning to like the sound of that. Well, you're very professional. <laughs> so you Thank sit you. upright with perfect posture, at attention, mm-hmm. ready for mm-hmm. anything Tori Amos can throw at you. Throw it at me, girl. I got it. I wish you could have seen that because I was like ducking it. I, I moved to the left. I moved to the right. Boo, boo. I can see it. And I've seen you in the front row at a show with your catcher's mitt on. Like, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> the lights go down. <laughs> Give me that fire to your plane. Oh, I'm ready. shit. <laughs> She's bold enough and so am I. <laughs> on my desk, I also have liquid beverage. But I am drinking, for my voice, I'm drinking a honey, ginger, lemon, apple cider vinegar, and turmeric tea. Not for internal use. That sounds like a cleanser. It's for my voice. Mm, mm-hmm. It's my honey, honey lemonade. Honey, you don't want this. It's ginger root. You couldn't handle it. Is that foodgasm? <laughs> no. <laughs> if it was foodgasm, you would know it. What's that from? Because I just listened to that recently. Yeah, it's saying, from like, um, the club show. The first show on the... Oh, the Upside stink. Down. Yes. The very first Upside yes. Down performance. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we are nerds. Yep. We're ridiculous. I also have on my desk... These are the following things. I'm just going to take you to my desk. Are you ready? Hang on. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm ready. I have another book called Black Acting Methods. I have a coaster for my tea. I have a beautiful candle that I got for Christmas that is a soy candle of teakwood and tobacco. I have oil of Olay for if I feel especially wrinkled before a Zoom meeting. I have this wonderful chakra root spray that was a gift, a wonderful gift, thank you. I got nail teaks to help my nails grow stronger and then I got hand sanitizer and lotion. I love how you always handily balance the masculine and feminine. You have a teakwood and tobacco like man musk candle. And then oil of a lake. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> you know what? Wrinkles are no joke. Not moisturizing is an act of self-hate. I agree with that. We're women of a certain age after all. 22. Absolutely. I wish we had any sort of angle for this episode. What, what do you wish? I don't see why we should feel obligated to do that. Tori had no angle when she wrote the song. Right. Well, did she write it or did well, she like... Well, I was going to ask you, but I didn't want you to get upset. I don't mean to imply anything or for this to sound critical, but can we really consider this a song? Yes, we can. The way we can consider any of the intros and outros on Boys for Pele songs... I feel like those are more intentional. Whether they were or not, we'll never know exactly how improvised they were. I would imagine that they weren't really, with the exception of Agent Orange. I think she, let's say, really sat down and wrote Mr. Zebra and Way Down, for example. Por ejemplo. Here's my thought. I think that Tori Amos, when she records music, Uh (laughs) when she's recording an album possibly accumulates multiple improvs that she like to get into the key or to get into the vibe of a song maybe she's playing random nonsense and it sometimes results in wonderful things that we get to hear like this or like an agent orange or even like a even if it starts as a sketch i believe way down and beauty queen and things like that started as sketches that maybe then were formally written well you you could say that about any song then because of course they start is a sketch not if you're marianne and you just come straight down all at once mm-hmm. that's not a sketch she descended the stairwell fully clothed doing her high kicks that's true she was like here i come tuna rubber <laughs> that's marianne she's a showstopper i feel that you can consider this a song as much as any other song but i want to ask you when was the first time you heard thoughts this was late in my tory dumb me too i was a late thoughts bloomer were you wearing bloomers? I, prob- <laughs> I probably was. I was wearing my evening culottes, yes, <laughs> when I first heard this song. And I think it was far... I mean, this was back in the day when we still had to find physical copies to hear songs, right? And at this point, I think Me and a Gun and or Silent All These Years were long out of print. So I didn't find this one kicking around at my local Sam Goody. I had to order this, I believe, mail order. And I don't think it was a priority for me because I knew that the only thing I was missing was thoughts and that it was kind of an improvised song sketch, if you will. I already had Upside Down. So Mm. it was a while before before I pulled the trigger on this and heard thoughts. Mm -hmm. How about you? I'll tell you, in 1998-1999, I lived in Albuquerque, and there was a record store called Bow Wow Records, and I had gone into Bow Wow Records searching for the rare, out-of-print YKTR, and the guys were really cool that worked there. They helped you find what you were really looking for, you know, even if they didn't have it. So they took my name and my number, and they knew that I was looking for the out-of-print Why Can't Tori Read, right? So 
one day I get a call from Bow Wow Records and they told me they have Why Can't Tori Reed in stock if I wanted to come down. It was going to be $80. And I was like, that's a steal. It is a steal. What format? Well, that's the thing is I thought I, I had oh, asked was for the record. Oh, was it bootleg, wasn't it? So I rushed down there. I, I made this guy that I was living with at the time, Chris. He, he drives me down to Bow Wow Records expecting a vinyl record of Why Can't Tori Reed. And it's in fact a bootleg CD and it has YKTR on it, but it also has Thoughts, Happy Worker, Ring My Bell. It has a bunch of stuff that I'd never heard before. Did you buy it? Of course I did, and I still have it. I'm looking at it right now. Which version did you have? What did the cover look like? What do you mean, which version did I have? It was a CD. No, I know, but I had a similar bootleg with YKTR and bonus tracks like Ring My Bell, but it was not the YKTR cover art. Oh, what was your cover? It was like a random picture of her, and they use like a close-up of denim jeans, as there's oh. as if there's another kind. Denim jeans, denim blue jeans. <laughs> there was denim as like wallpaper, and then a random picture from like a magazine, and it was like Tori Amos Rarities or something. Wow, that's fun. No, mine was just the YKTR cover, and it just said Tori Miss Why Can't Tori Read on it. Mm. It didn't indicate that it wasn't, and it had all these extra songs. And I was disappointed when I got in there, but I didn't express my disappointment because I those guys were so cool. I didn't want them to think for a second that I wasn't going to buy it and that I like I wasn't true to my word. So I ended up buying it. There was no way I wasn't going to buy it, but I was disappointed. That's so sweet. I feel like I've felt similarly, like we're somehow obligated to give a store $80. Uh, yeah. You're <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. oh, well, I don't want to disappoint them or reject them. Like they're giving you a present. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they called me. They went through the trouble of calling me. Yeah. How did you hear thoughts? When I finally ordered the Me and a Gun and selling all these years singles. Years later. Yes. I didn't buy a bootleg. Awful. No, it was probably 1995 or 1996. Oh. This was one of the last B-sides, maybe the last B-side that I heard from that earlier era. Yeah. It was definitely the last B-side I heard. It's also the last B-side I've listened to in a long time. Like I, I rarely pull this song out. What about you? Yeah, I don't know the last time I heard it. You didn't even listen to it in preparation for this episode? Before that. Oh, okay. Just checking yeah. to make sure you're doing your homework. Yeah. Should we get on to breaking it down, I, I guess? I suppose we should. So should we, we've kind of addressed it, but should we talk about where the song appears? Yeah, but we should do that in our normal act structure. Why? Like, this was just the banter. Let's improvise. No, I'm not comfortable with improv. Okay, let's keep it rigid <laughs> and staged, just like your hair. Thank you. When you were oh. 12. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you meant today, because no, it is. I can't see it but it is rigid and staged uh-huh. it doesn't ever move mm, you could just crack I'm, a piece off yeah i'm terrified of it moving because i have a scar that runs up my forehead that if the wind blows just the right way and my hair separates into a middle part the scar makes it look like i'm balding in the front if you're a harry potter or a cop you have to tell me i'm harry potter but i do like trans people <laughs> <laughs> i didn't say jk rowling i said harry potter oh, okay. i know it's impossible to separate the wonderful franchise that she created from the horrible creator it's true if we learn anything on this show it's that we cannot separate the artist from the art and we don't want to anyway let's get on with it yes get on with it now that we've celebrated bow wow records and trash jk rowling (laughs) i consider our work done but let's proceed anyway okay since thoughts is a song unlike any other we're going to be filling this episode with improvs and quotes and here is an improv from june 7th 1992 in frankfurt germany we call this the new shoes improv and she did it right before flying dutchman roll it oliver She 
first song I ever played was Holy, Holy, Holy. I would play these church songs and I was in the church choir. And then I got a hold of a Jim Morrison Doors record. And uh, my father thought the devil had entered the house. <laughs> D'accord. Et quelle est la première chanson rock que vous ayez apprise? Da da da, beneath the dow, in a yellow <laughs> Yeah. Et les Beatles, vous étiez fan Yes, yes, big, big fan. My father said, you're going to be a concert pianist, right? And I said, I'd bring in uh, the Beatles records and I'd point to the Beatles. I said, no, 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 that's what I want to do. Thoughts originally appeared as a B-side on Tori Amos's first ever CD and vinyl release, Me and a Gun, which was released in the UK on October 21st, 1991. That's when it was released in the UK and Germany. It was then released on the CD single for Silent All These Years, 12-inch vinyl single in the UK, in November 1991. And again on the Silent All These Years reissue on August 10th, 1992. According to this document, Put together by our wonderful librarian, Shay Stymac. These are the tales told by the librarian. Mm. According to this document, it has never been released in the United States. Ever, which is one of the reasons why it took me so long to hear it. Are you furious that there's a song that the Brits have that we don't have? I have a question for you. Is that a no? It's a no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I changed my mind. Yes. I'll never forgive them. Do you think they were like, oh, these are thoughts Americans could never understand. We must shield it from them. <laughs> these are Brit appropriate only. English thoughts. Yes. These are very English thoughts. What will become of my crumpets? <laughs> so knowing that Tori was sitting on the likes of Upside Down and Take to the Sky, etc., why do you think they chose to put thoughts on her first ever release? Timing. Say more. You have one side which is silent all these years and upside down. Then you've got the other side, me and a gun, and you need something that will match the time. And to put a take to the sky or anything like that that she's sitting on it would make the side B too long. What about Song for Eric or The oh, Pool? Yeah, good point. Well, I don't think Song for Eric was written yet, but ooh, The Pool. What world do we live in where The Pool is the me and a gun B side? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's an interesting world. You really think that's all it was? The only thing informing this decision? I think they were more intentional than timing when it came to marketing Tori, but I could be wrong. Tell me why. Give it to me straight. I think that they were making an effort to make her kind of a collectible artist, but also to curate her content, so to speak. So I don't think they would just slapdash any song on it because it happened to be there. 
I think they chose it out of the stack of songs that she had submitted for a reason. I can't tell you what that is or if Tori somehow weighed in and wanted this on her first ever release. I don't know. I don't know either. That's a really good question. I'm not saying that Thoughts isn't a great song, but my only reasoning is that she had made the deal with Upside Down. She put me in a gun on Little Earthquakes and took Upside Down off and made the deal with Upside Down. Upside Down said, I'll be around whenever you need me. Mm -hmm. So that had to be a B-side. And then she had all of these other B-sides and there was no telling if she was going to break and there was no telling if she was going to be popular or people were really going to get into her. So they possibly were saving all these other songs for a sophomore release or like a compilation of their own. There was no telling if she was going to do a second album at that point or a third album, I guess. So maybe the Take to the Sky, Sweet Dreams, all that stuff was being shelved for a possible future release. Maybe. Yeah, like if you're trying to market her and like get her some serious interest from people, like wouldn't you put out like, oh, wow, listen to this amazing B-side. Well, they did that in the sense that Upside Down is included and maybe in her Tory way because she loves Upside Down or loved Upside Down so much and wanted it on Little Earthquake. She didn't want any other songs to sort of upstage Upside Down. Mm, she was like, fine, I'll give you another song if you insist that there be four tracks total, but I'm saving some good ones and I'll give you thoughts. And also now that you're saying that, it strikes me that it also showcases a complete different side to her, which is the improv side, which is her like prowess as a performer in the moment. Mm-hmm. You have these three really polished songs, Mina Gunside and All These Years and Upside Down, and then you've got this like fun little track. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not necessarily fun, quote unquote. It's no like Mr. Zebra. It's no nothing like that. But compared to the other B-sides, it's the least polished. It's the most off the cuff. It showcases her in a different way, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, I also have this skill. And this song kind of acts as a trailer for the album because she sings a line from Girl without giving the song away. So it's kind of like a sneak preview. <laughs> On the next episode of Little Earthquakes, girl. Girl. What will become of her? Become of me? Become of we? Buy Little Earthquakes and find out. <laughs> exactly, yeah. There's so many decisions that go into making a CD I think, single. I think we've got it. She posed a lot of questions on this song that are later answered in her forthcoming mm. album. Like how Alfred Hitchcock sat down and his entire trailer for the birds was just him asking questions about why we would, why would birds possibly be mad at us? Yes. And it was really frightening. Yes. And Tori loves a gimmick. She loves marketing. Remember when Little Earthquakes was released and she was like, you must start with Crucify and listen to it all the way through. If anyone comes in late and starts with a second track, they will not be given start the album. Start again. If anyone walks into your house, start again. Don't spoil the surprise ending. Three bridges? I didn't see that coming which actually you did you didn't get past crucify for a very long time so you bought into that gimmick tori managed to scare me good i took her seriously (laughs) i was like i better just never go past this one song oh oh god should we do the quotes there are quotes yes we should shay's found quotes if we have them and she has found them we should do them do the quotes now do 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 oh that could be a oh we need a bumper Ah, yes. They're not all winners. You just throw things out at the wall, and sometimes they make it on a single, and sometimes they don't. Yes, it's thoughts. We can't be held responsible. From the Little Earthquake songbook, 1993, Tori writes, Girl was being recorded, and I couldn't get a take. I was freaking out. Eric was in the booth playing airball, encouraging me to take a 10-minute. Glued on the bench, I started this thing, coming from nowhere, singing nonsense into the mic. When I finished, Eric said, it's a take. 
I said, what? He had left the machine running. Oh, my goodness. What a trickster. His disregard for energy conservation benefited us all. <laughs> what a scamp. Maybe it was hard for her to get a take because her sound engineer and producer was so distracted. It's like, could you bother to pay attention and stop playing airball for two seconds? <laughs> Maybe that is why she couldn't get a take. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't say how long he'd been playing airball. <laughs> mm -mm, the whole time. Expose here. Heard it here first, folks. Mm. What is airball? I don't know. I'm assuming he's just like throwing a ball in the air. I imagine it's like ski ball. They randomly had like a ski ball like Chuck E. Cheese installed in their studio. Oh, that's fun. In her closet in mm -hmm. the studio apartment. Yeah. yeah. And no wonder she couldn't get a take because they were basically recording yeah in a tiny studio with a closet so he was like right on top of her and you hear ding 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 with tickets tickets spitting out he's like finally i can buy you that giant novelty cowboy hat you've had your eye on oh i only have enough tickets for the big lollipop i would love the idea of them turning that studio apartment into a carnival or it's like a like the santa monica pier now we know why they were given four thousand dollars to record those extra tracks and they didn't even use it on the songs they're like they're not gonna right, know right. we can pull this together <laughs> yeah. with what we have let's blow it on carnival equipment buy an airball machine <laughs> it just makes me sad let's be realistic it makes me sad how much we've not heard and will never hear sometimes i just have to accept our fate and our fate is not to hear certain things ever Oh. Like in that interview she did at the end of 2020 on the book tour where she's talking about all these random songs that she'd written for American Doll Posse. She fired off like 10 titles just without thinking about it. Yeah. And all of those we'll never hear. All of these things that have become other things. Makes me mad. Me too. I'm furious. She gets me so upset. <laughs> But you know what? I made an executive decision at the very beginning of this podcast. Years ago, in 2016, I decided how I was going to number everything was going to reflect the episode numbers, were going to reflect the song numbers. And that way, if we ever discovered another Little Earthquakes track, we could just go back and call that one 01 whatever, and it would just fall right in line. See? Thank you. I'm glad we sorted that out. Brilliant, Ephraim. Would not be too hard for you to say. That was <laughs> brilliant. brilliant. Brill. Thanks. So you Thank mean you. if she ever gives us like, but that's not true because we take things in the order that they are given. If she randomly released Learn to Fly, it would be 01 mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. So it would end up being like we have 18 B-sides to get through plus like the 12 that there were plus the two wrap-ups. So it would actually end up being 0133 is how I would number that one. Golly. Amazing. Give the people what they want. And that's also a directive for Tori. Give us what we want. And that is Give everything that is in your vault. Anyway, since this is going so well, let's read this quote from Little Earthquakes reissue liner notes in 2015. You want to read this, David? I sure do. Assembling a final version of Little Earthquakes was a difficult and collaborative process that took over four years to create. It wasn't simply a matter of ensuring that each song was one of Tori's best. The pieces all had to fit together so the album had balance and flow. There were difficult choices. In retrospect, should Upside Down have been made an A-side instead of a B-side? Well, different people have different opinions, but you make choices, and sometimes that's just because you're trying to have a balanced narrative. Fortunately, not making the album didn't mean the songs would go unreleased. Instead, there became an unexpectedly copious stream of B-sides on her singles. To some extent, this was a function of her earlier career, having separate British and American sides. For instance, the US version of Silent All These Years had Me at a Gun as the B-side, whereas the UK version also added Upside Down and Thought. Sometimes they have different packaging, different pictures. There were rarities happening. Max Hole and his team out of England were driving it. There were brainstormers behind all that. 
Sugar was something that wasn't written yet, and here in my head, they were not on the original. The B-sides that came from the first version of Little Earthquakes were Upside Down, Flying Dutchman, Mary, Sweet Dreams, and Take to the Sky. I love the way she says there were rarities happening. Like, they just happen of their own accord. Sometimes rarities, right. ha- like, rarities happen. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. Not everything is easy to find. Like, she made them rarities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I guess that is what that means. There was an effort to create scarcity. Is that what we take mm-hmm. from that? Yeah. Let's like, make to her make her a, a collector's artist, artist. Like Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Like, you know how we, we do that? Try... We put limited edition on the front of the U.S. winter single and then print a million of them. Exactly. People will snatch them right up. Mm. David, I don't mean to shock you, but that's it for quotes. Ugh, you shocked me sane. What are we going to do? Usually that section's a lot longer. Mm. We could go back and sing it. Girl was being recorded and I couldn't get a take. <laughs> I was freaking out. Eric was playing airball. Airball. Those are backing vocals. Okay, so should we get into the line by line? This is ridiculous. Yes, let's do it. right now i think she had some she was having thoughts yeah this is what's happening in the moment these are my thoughts right now A big i feel like everyone was very distracted during the recording of girl tori was reading a magazine eric was playing <laughs> airball like come on like we're recording an album here seriously <laughs> What magazine do you suspect it was? Do you think it was Mad Magazine? It was probably, she loves Alfred E. Newman, a fellow redhead. (laughs) I would have taken her for a cracked girl, but no, she's Mad Magazine through and through. (laughs) Oh my God, she loves Spy versus Spy. Or Highlights Magazine. It could have been one one or the other. Yeah. I love that our version of 92 Tori is that she's like an eight-year-old. She reads Mad yeah. <laughs> or she reads Mad Magazine, and the first thing she does when she gets any money is buy arcade games. Yeah. She's a professional businesswoman. She's like, hang on. After this, I'm going to retail slut. It's true. Where is she pointing when she says right here? Somewhere in the magazine, probably. Okay. <laughs> Not to her chest. Like an article. Yeah. <laughs> like in her heart, in her soul, in her body. Yeah. Oh, burning witches, burning books, burning babies and their looks, yes, indeed. I love it. If we had a window into what our thoughts were at any given moment when we're just sort of wandering, we'd be like, at least I would anyway, like, what am I having for dinner? What am I? I'm always thinking about what my next meal is. But Tori's like, God, remember when they burned the witches? Let's talk about banned books. Like, that's that's what her yeah. thought process is at any <laughs> given moment. And I'm like, hmm, well, do I like vanilla or chocolate? I would like to point out that in 1991, that makes me want a banana split, whatever you just said. But I would like to talk <laughs> about that in 1991, 
there was a big effort to burn books. There were people burning books because there was that whole banned list from the library. Do you remember? Yeah. And they were like burning all the banned books. Was it Tipper Gore? I was too busy putting my Millie Vanilli albums underneath a bulldozer to burn books. <laughs> I was too busy admiring their wonderful voices. Yeah. What books were I like Huck Finn? I remember Huck Finn being on that. That's the one that always comes to mind, Huck Finn. I'm like, please, I don't want to have to read that in class. Catcher in the Rye, maybe? I once read a book called On Your Honor. Did I tell you the story? <laughs> that you got from the library repeatedly and they thought you were suicidal? Yeah. Because no, I you guess haven't the kid told me. Is... No, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Because I guess the kid at the end dies, and I just had never gotten all the way through the end. I had never gotten all the way through the book. So I kept checking it out to finish it, but then I was always too busy watching TV. I would never finish it. They actually had a meeting with my dad, my mom, and my stepmom. That's so nosy that they were, you know, regulating and observing your library habits. It's been the story of my life. I always feel like I'm observed. I feel like everyone's watching me at all times. Mm -hmm. It's true. I get it. It's kind of embarrassing. Like when I keep ordering from the same Chinese takeout and it's the same delivery guy i'm like oh god uh-huh no mushu pork tonight right <laughs> he's gonna be like should i be concerned for this guy <laughs> right <laughs> he keeps ordering the same thing and when he gets to the end when his fork scrapes the bottom it's just despair will he ever be full <laughs> Always in her jeans. Even from the beginning, this is what she wants to talk about, right? Burning witches, burning books, burning everything that's sacred in my jeans, like relating it back to the feminine. It's just, it's on her mind, well, right? She, she had a lot pent up after YKTR. How does that relate? I agree that she did, but how does that relate? Well, she had a lot of content and material that she was eager to explore after writing lyrics like, took the keys to my brother's car. She was like, finally, I can talk about setting babies on fire. I feel, too, that when you're entering into the girl territory to get she's been everybody else's girl, like to go there... If you have business with a song, you have to, and you're singing it from that perspective, you have to realize like that you've cut out parts of yourself, right? And maybe that's where that's coming from. Burning mm. everything that's sacred in my jeans, mm. like giving away parts of myself. Yeah. And also she made a pact with herself and the songs to never censor. Yeah, that's true. There it is. That's the tagline. Mm-hmm. If this were the trailer for the album, that's where the sound designer would put in like a big clang. Little earthquakes. Coming soon. She's been everybody else's girl. Maybe one day she'll be her own. Maybe one day. Ooh, that's a good tagline. Maybe one day in January 1992. Right. <laughs> Find out in January 92 if she will be. <laughs> that's right I'm pretty sure she was there. I mean, we have it recorded. Yeah, she was there. Yeah. I'm never here. I am never, never a bird in the flower, in the tree, in the pain of the respect thereof. Yes, indeed. I feel silly doing a line by line for this, but, you know. 
These are just thoughts. That I she's love how having. she gets very formal at the end. She's like, in the pain of the respect thereof. Heretofore, <laughs> the song shall be known as Thoughts. It is a British track. Mm. This was specifically for the Brits. So she had to do that. Tori is and always has been very good at convincing us that something is really profound, even if it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me an example. It just happened. Uh, I'm never here. I'm never, never a bird and a flower and the tree and the pain of the respect thereof. And we're like, oh, this sounds serious. We better pay yes, attention. Indeed. Ooh, yes, yes, indeed. indeed. Quite, quite right. I do just want to take a second to remind us here that when she was recording this, this is before she ever broke. So the thought, what will become of me, is much different to someone in that stage in her career. But she doesn't sound especially sad when she sings it, which kind of aligns with what she said, that she had decided that no matter what, she had her integrity. Even if she had to play piano bar for the rest of her life, as long as she was true to herself, it would be okay. And there's just a little ring of that here in this line. Listen again. What will become of me, become of her, become of we, baby. Well, that was thoughts. That was fun. Let's no. never do that again. <laughs> uh, we should have been playing airball. Let's play this cover by Yanta. And let's just listen. actually starting to think just listening to the music that putting this on the single showcases her as a composer in a way that the other songs don't really show her process like this is a process she's a composer There's some drama there, it just comes so naturally.
That was Yanta. You can support Yanta at patreon.com slash Yanta, where he has covered every one of Tori Amos' songs, I believe, at this point. Mm-hmm. And some that she hasn't even written yet. I know. <laughs> He's sending her material. Be careful when you listen to Yanta. You could end up tomorrow. Ooh. Good one, David. Speaking of two Tories, let's listen to this clip from November 11th, 1992 on WHFS Annapolis. Oh, it's Tori Amos live at 99.1 HFS and Crucify. Very, very nice. Uh, water, water. She's drinking lots of water now. Tori, um, you know, today we have a couple actually winners with us, Carolyn Sullivan, Scott Striffler, and, and his daughter, Tori. We have two Tories here today. So. And Tori's in the studio. Yeah, I wanted to say welcome, Tori. Tori, you want to say hi? Come here. Come come here. Come say hi on the radio. She uh, She's a piano player, and this is her real name. Not like me, who, you know, made it up myself for me. Come here, say hi, and you can hear yourself say hi. See, listen, say hi to everybody. You can you say hi? Come on, I think I'm lying. <laughs> hi, Tori. Hi. How you doing? Fine. Good. I'm glad you could come by. Thank you. <laughs> okay, we're glad to have you here. Tori, a, a lot of other people actually, you know, faxed in um, a paragraph or so why they should have lunch with you today, and a couple of them I thought you'd want to hear. Uh, this is one from uh, Bruce Warden, who works at NASA. Uh, I believe that I should be the ones who have lunch with Tori Amos because I have a Ph.D. in seismology from the California Institute of Technology, and therefore Tori and I could talk about little earthquakes. So, oh, my. There you so go. Thank you, Bruce. And I uh, wanted to say thanks to everybody that did fax in today. Thanks, Bruce. Yeah. So aside from touring like a fiend, you're also busy with a couple other projects. You have a songbook coming out from yeah, Little Earthquakes. Yeah, it's just come out. It came out... Um, my heavens, I think, last week. You know, I don't even know what day it is, to be honest with you. I just get up. I don't have weekends. I get up and do another show. And um, I know I'm in my, you know, hometown because my brother and sister have, like, left messages and stuff. So I, I, I at least have enough awareness to figure that out. But for the most part, um, it's it's really funny how you can become such a space case when you're up on another plane and it's another stage and I'm not complaining it's just it just gets difficult to remember where you are but the uh, songbook is it listen to me rambling on the songbook <laughs> uh, has all the songs in it all the manuscripts and I wrote a poem about each tune it's like the inception of each song a little bit not to give too much away but just kind of a um, a different take on them, almost like their own biography. And then there are pictures from backstage shots, shots on the road that aren't anywhere else. And I've spent months going over the manuscript so that the music is all, where I'm trying to make it as true as possible. So we've spent months doing that. That's coming out, and a long-form video of On the Road is coming out. And um, Winter, the EP, it's a little EP of B-Sides from England's coming out, within all within two weeks. Yeah. Now, when you actually write songs, I mean, like you mentioned the song, but do you, do you, do you sheet music and, and actually no. script things out? No, 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 no. Ghetto Blaster, man. <laughs> I was going to say you'd be very, very trained then. No, no. No, I can't. I didn't do it. There was a guy that did it. Frank, he was in his 60s. He'd be calling me up. He'd go, Tori, what are you doing? You got to write stuff in the key of C. This is driving me crazy out of my mind. And so he um, he and I worked with it to try and make it as what you, accurate as possible. Frank. 
Frank. Frank, okay. Tori Amos is with us at 99.1 WHFS Annapolis. And Tori, I want to thank you for stopping by. If, thank you. If Here at Drive All Night Studios, we are of the mind that some of Tori's best thoughts come before established songs live. So in today's trip down to the AMOS Live Lounge, we are going to pay tribute to those little improv thoughts that Tori has before songs that sometimes become other things or sometimes are influenced by other things, but they're always really, really interesting and we never talk about them. So what better place to talk about them than in the thoughts episode? But first, let's talk about thoughts. You are entering the AMOS Live Lounge. So Tori has performed thoughts a total of one time live, only once. And here it is in 1998, in Akron, Ohio, on November 28th, one of my favorite shows of all time. Roll it, Oliver. That's it. Those were the thoughts in her head on November 28th, 1998 in Akron. We tried to do some forensic investigation to get to the bottom of why she played this. Someone had to have requested it, right? Someone had to have. There's no way she just pulled this out because we know well and good that if you ask for something, even if it's been committed to tape like Samurai, she's like, I don't have a song called Samurai. I find it very hard to believe that Thoughts was just like, you know what? I should definitely play Thoughts tonight. Yes, that's what I should do. Someone (laughs) requested this. And at the time, she probably had to dig it out and listen to it to be like, what? You think they wrote the lyrics to her? Probably. The pain of the respect thereof? I didn't write that. They probably went to the local record store in Akron and bought a (laughs) copy of Me and a Gun and gave it to her. Or the YKTR bootleg. Yes. Well, according to dear friends and show correspondents who we know well, who were at that particular show, no one claimed on the day of the show, no one claimed to have requested that song. Mm -hmm. Someone possibly wrote about it in a letter, but no one claimed it. We don't know who's responsible for this. And I threatened Shaggy. I told him, I'm going to roll with the story that you're the one if you don't tell me right now. Yeah. And he said, please don't. So I threatened him thoroughly. That's how you know he's telling the truth, though, because he didn't crumble. He was like, fine, it was me. It was. I requested thoughts. (laughs) I did it. I did it. So what? I did it. So what? And I do it again. It's like a noir film. And Shaggy said there was no meet and greet that day. So it couldn't have been just someone in the meet and greet line. Interesting. Mm -hmm. It can go either way when there's no meet and greet. You can get kind of a straightforward set or you can get something super random. Either way, though, I'm confused. (laughs) Either way, though, mystery unsolved. Oliver, play the law and order sound clip. (laughs) 
got ourselves a mystery, a bona fide mystery. Mm. So since Torium has only ever performed this song one time in her entire career, we decided for this live section, we're going to explore some other thoughts by Tori Amos. Does that sound fun? Yeah. It wasn't the first time Tori's had a thought. It wouldn't be the last. And in 1994, she had this thought. actually a cover of Moody Blues Tuesday Afternoon, which aired on Capital Radio on March 18th, 1994 in London. And let me tell you, it was very hard to track that date down. Lisa Ridlon and I were on the case. Uh, so thanks, Lisa, for finding out the information as always. Next up, we're going to play this improv from August 11th, 1994 in New Orleans, right before Space Dog. And let's not forget the thought she had to play Hurt for the very first time before winter on October 15th, 1994 in Ann Arbor, Michigan.
And again the next night on October 16th, 1994 in East Lansing, Michigan. She had the thought to do Hurt one more time on November 5th, 1994 in Hamilton, Canada. Thoughts in song form were not the only thoughts that Tori had in 1994. She also had spoken thoughts, like this thought, on August 25th, 1994 on the Greg Kinnear Show. And let me tell you, this has been taken offline. It was very hard to find. I had to plug in a whole other drive. What's with the sword there? Any particular significance to I was that? a Viking in another life. <laughs> this is what I wanted to get to. Uh, were you a Viking in another life, or is that, uh... No, I was a Viking in another life, and I got all the babes from the Irish coast. But the thing is, I'm trying to call... Now, see, I just, I'm sorry, but that went right over my head. <laughs> Look, you know, if you're gonna be something, I think you have different experiences. That's how you, that's how you grow. There's a part of me that understands what it's like to be a guy. You just have different experiences. That's mm. how you're... Right. I don't know, that's how you learn. You think your music's uh, yeah, changed a lot from, from there to where we're at now? Let's hope so. <laughs> God. What did you think about that thought? She used to talk about that kind of thing all the time. Mm -hmm. And then she kind of dialed it down. She was courting controversy. Is that controversial? She was courting kooky. She was courting kooktroversy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> kooktroversy. Kooktroversy. In 1996 on the Dewdrop In Tour, Tori Amos also had a thought. And her thought was to call us ears with feet. Here it is. Yeah. 
can you talk into this? Say yes, something. I right? absolutely can. Okay. Who am I saying hi to? To the, everybody on the web. It's going to get embedded. I want to say hi to everybody on the web. Um, we're winding down the tour, and it's kind of really sad. And I'll be gone for two years. But just um, know that you've really sometimes made me feel good when things have been really bad. And just know that um, I really respect you. Not as, I hate the word fans. I, I'd like to call you ears with feet and never use the word fan again because you're ears with feet. Thank you. Thanks. Now she calls us the people that go to the shows. Now she doesn't even call us. My phone hasn't rung for years. <laughs> but she started calling us the people that go to the shows. We don't even have names. They're just people who go to the show. <laughs> we are. Sometimes it's like even another tear down. It's like people who like music. I give these tickets to people who like music. People who, who doesn't like, like music? music. Ah, well, that's good. I always like being called an ear with feet. <laughs> What kind of ear do you imagine that she was thinking of? Like a pointy ear or a big fat ear? Was Did it have a detached lobe or an attached lobe? <laughs> Good question. Thank you. I'm just curious. What kind of feet did it have? Like in shoes. I'm imagining she meant shoes with like heels. An unattached lobe. Should we have an ears with feet drawing contest? Like draw us a picture of an ears with feet and the one that we select will win. Yeah, we should. Oh my God. Do you think it's pierced? Like a wild punk ear mm -hmm. with like a cuff at the top. Oh my God, I love it. Doc Martens, not necessarily a heel. I want a hippie ear with like bare feet and like some beads. Uh -huh. <laughs> Smoking weed. That's what I want. I want a hippie ear. You, you should never put Q-tips or weed in your ear. I never do and I never <laughs> would. So the first improv from 1996 is an improv that she did on WHFS radio on February 11th. It's one of my favorites from the whole year. Here's a little improv she did on May 3rd, 1996 in Philadelphia. You know, night shows are always very interesting, I find. Because you know what happens? You know who everybody becomes? Hang on. Riders on Chicks wanted, right? 
But I was like Gandalf. Was he the wizard? Yes. He was good. But Asgard, what, was, what did he do? He had all the guys, the riders around him, right? Do you remember? Am I saying his name Oh, he was a kingsman. Oh, he could be up my street. No, but I like nerds, so he'd have to have glasses. On October 6, 1996, in Binghamton, New York, Tori Amos had this thought. October 29th, 1996, in Austin, Texas, Tori Amos had this thought. We cannot talk about 1996 tour without talking about this thought that she had on November 2nd in Tulsa. I said, 
And you always will And you always will Cause it makes you feel good It makes you feel so, so good Yes By far the improv that has the most requests for us to do an episode on is the following one. We call it foodgasm in the Tory world. You know this world? We call it foodgasm. Maybe we'll do an episode on it. Maybe. But it's from November 2nd, 1996 in Tulsa. I'd love to take you home with me, but I'm homeless. Tori Amos had this thought. And he said, well, what is it about? I said, well, I took this drug, ayahuasca, which is an, it's, you know, a drug from the Amazon. It's like an elixir, ayahuasca. And um, anyway, you know that movie? What was is that it? like Prozac or? I don't know. <laughs> Honey. It's oh, like an no, herbal Prozac thing? is like Gerber baby food compared to this. Stuff. <laughs> She sounds like a seasoned drug addict in that clip. Ayahuasca. <laughs> I, what? Hiawatha. <laughs> did you ever consider taking ayahuasca because Tori did? No. Never? I know better. I, I mean, mean, so do I. The, I never... the sales pitch, she doesn't really do a great job of making it sound appealing. She's like, it lasts for forever. I considered chewing my own arm off because I was confronted yeah. <laughs> with all the things that I'd done. I'm like, mm, I'm good. Maybe not. But I do like Gerber baby food. My favorite is strained pears. I thought you said strange pears. I was like, oh, is that baby food with a questionable expiration date? Like, it could still be good. I don't know. <laughs> These pears smell strange. Speaking of strange, David, on September 13th, 1998, Tori performed one of the strangest improvs I've ever heard, and it's still one of my favorites. 22 years later, 23 years later. Drew myself and 
Here's a thought that Tori had right before playing Hotel on October 10th, 1998 in New Orleans. that Tori had on October 24th, 1998, live and on television on VH1 Storytellers. Um, a lot of people ask me about this song. And um, what I try and explain to them is uh, I was writing it for somebody else, actually. Because 
was um, I was trying to get some of my songs placed with people. I wrote something for Cher, and uh, it got turned down, of course. And then I wrote something for Tina Turner. It was very good. The one for Cher was called um, But I'm Experienced, Babe. I thought that was really good. <laughs> and it goes something like, let me sing. Oh, wait. Hang on, I haven't done this in a but I'm experienced, by Does it push you away? I could learn how to love And it wouldn't take much to show me But I'm experienced, babe Well, that's for Tina, isn't it? I could teach you what your girlfriend's done Now, I should out now They said no. On her last stop on the plug tour, December 3rd, 1998, in East Lansing, Tori had this thought about her band. So, um, we really wanted to end the tour in Michigan because, um, I loved being here so much on the last tour. And, um, and, uh, as an audience, it's really funny. It's like, um, you're just, you're different creatures, and we love you for that. Um, we've been out as a crew since, uh, we started rehearsing in March of this year. Uh, we worked together and slept on the same buses and smelled each other's wonderfulness. And uh, I just want to thank, first of all, the crew. I'm sure the band is with me on this. They've just been amazing. There is, a, there is really no other crew that's committed to such excellence as these, as these wonderful folks. And um, these are my brothers who... Um, some of you have gotten to know, and if you haven't, I have to tell you, if you ever want brothers, these are the ones to have. This is Kate Nungaton. This is
That's actually our to Dallas and back bumper, and we don't get to use it very often, but we're using it here even though the thought started long before to Dallas and back. In fact, 1999 was a touchy year for thoughts. Here is a thought that Tori had in Buffalo, New York on September 3rd, 1999. The next thought we're going to play is from September 24th, 1999, the pay-per-view show in Las Vegas, Nevada, and it came in the middle of Professional Widow. This next thought is from October 11th, 1999 in Denver. It's the same thought that we've all had at Detorium a show. Turn that light off. Okay, so hang on a second. So, some of you people have noticed the mall up here. Hi everybody, you standing in the mall, how's it going? I think you all should pull down your pants and show us your penises. Because, um, this is really fascinating. I feel like there should be like a Starbucks here and a mall. I've never played in a mall before. Just call me Tiff. So um, I want my stage manager, wherever you are, I love you dearly. But these people, I love them. But I'm going to either make love to you or um, you're going to come on stage with me. So go somewhere. Okay? Guys, show, move, 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 go. What do you think? This is a great show. You want me to show you my tits? Steve, thank you. Get them out of there. Turn that light off, because this is who I'm playing to. Whoever got the backstage passes, I don't give a fuck. Turn it off. You know what I mean. Yeah. This is fantastic because you guys are going to do a great job of this. 
and the guy that's doing it, I love him very much. He dresses up like a woman fantastically. In 1999, Tori Amos had this thought. Feel free, by the way, not to fill in any of the blanks. <laughs> feel, feel free to just, you know, use well, the, the, the one words. Well, you do it also very well. I'm no, just I'm letting panicked. you fill you see, the space. Do you have any idea? I literally have ass sweat right now. I am, <laughs> there is a droplet, and I don't mean to share that, but, uh, but I just did. <laughs> I, uh, it's because I get nervous around talented people. That's what happens to me. Tell me about this. Tell me... By the way, feel free not to comment on that. Um, the, uh, uh, how do you get your piano there? Do you, do you have to care? Hey! That, that was Stolishnaya. How could you do that? Well, if you want water during this, you're not having any mine because that was an utter disregard for what was delicious water. Is there another beverage you would <laughs> Would you like a Coke? Not ass sweat. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to squeeze it out into the cup. I'm not, I'm not insane. Uh, that was actually an audio clip of Tori Amos dumping the water mm. on the Jon Stewart show. What do you think she was thinking? What are the thoughts that she was thinking? Mm. I am not here for it, and I am not the one. That's clear. Why? Was she mad, do you think? Or do you think she was being playful? I think she was being playful. I don't know. She didn't seem like she was there for his banter. Why not? It was cute. He I was cute. He I was can nervous. just tell you what's happening, not the reason behind it. Well, I want the reason, David. <laughs> Sometimes rarities just happen. So does awkwardness. Yeah, I've felt awkwardness in my day. Now, for example. <laughs> cricket, cricket. Ooh. But I've never dumped out water on a soundstage before. I'm dumping out coffee right now in protest. Strange. Strange. So strange. In 2001, Tori Amos had this thought. Maybe I'll do an album as 12 different people. That was her thought in 2001. <laughs> 13 if you count the twins, David. But no, this thought is from October 25th, 2001 in Indianapolis, live and on stage. Trust me on this. We should like bottle you up and take you around to the rest of the country because they really need you. Okay, so it's like, you know, if you're bored, just come visit and I'll get you in. Anyway, um, 
couple things. Getting ready for Halloween. It's been a real tough one. Because you know that's my favorite day. Yes. Ghosts and spooks and maybe you, maybe you, something for me to do. I said, ghosts and spooks and maybe you, oh maybe you are a trick or treating me. This is a thought that Tori had on November 19th, 2001 in Phoenix. I was at this show, David, and this was right before Tallulah. This thought is from October 10th, 2001 in New York City. It comes in the middle of a song. Sounds like too many competing thoughts, if you ask me. Yeah, and it's like a rare instance <laughs> when Tori felt like her own piano attacked her. I know. No, <laughs> she responds. She like yanks her hands away. Like, what's happening? Am I playing you, or are you playing me? 2002-2003 on Scarlet's Walk Tour was an amazing tour for Thoughts, starting with this improv on December 10th, 2002 in Seattle.
On December 21st, 2002, Tori Amos had this holiday thought in San Francisco. After the second leg of the tour was over, Tori performed on PBS Soundstage on May 2nd, 2003, and she had this thought. whole tour was preceded by this thought from Scarlet Stories. She picks herself up from division 
and she moves on. That was the first time, right, where she did a track-by-track dissection of every song on the album, no? Unless you count B-Side Magazine from May, June 96. That's true. Good one, David. Missed that. What are your thoughts on her doing a track-by-track analysis? I like that at that point, her songwriting was becoming more straightforward and clear. And at that point, she was like, this is when I really need to dive deep. (laughs) Right. Let me tell you what crazy is about. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. It was the first time, but not the last. She did one for the beekeeper, right? Was there a track by track for the beekeeper? Or was she like, I'll just scatter the seeds in the garden? Oh, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Let them fall where they may. Rock garden, you don't say. In 2002, 2003, Tori Amos also had this thought. I think crazy provides, yes, stability. He's consistent. And he's quite understanding of madness. On September 9, 2005, in Ridgefield, Washington, Tori Amos had this thought. Why aren't you coming to Oregon? At the bottom of my list, it says, Why aren't you coming to Oregon? I said, Is that a request? Why aren't you coming to Oregon? All kinds of nice green things here. All kinds of a uh, super duper ecstasy, a loving kind of people. And you know, I don't I mean that silly stuff that gives you holes in your brain. I said, Why aren't you coming to Oregon? We do things much. Better than those people that make a coffee, a cheap kind of experience. Not us here, down here in Oregon. We were the people that almost made a change in that silly little house on the east coast of it. Work for the Guardian and his paper. my head full of thoughts if thoughts was covered by a doll who would it belong Ooh, to good question isabel you're right she's all politically minded burning witches yeah. burning books there would be the burning witches improv mm-hmm. into devils and gods yes it would start out like it would have like some really cool guitar line and she'd be like burning witches yeah that'd be great Maybe I should do a cover of Thoughts. You should. Yeah, I should have a cover band, a Tori Amos cover band. Do you want to start a Tori Amos cover band with me? Yeah, I do. What would we call it? Burning Bitches. <laughs> burning Bitches? Yeah, Burning Bitches. The I bur- like the it. The Burning Bitches. The Burning yeah. Bitches. I like it. I like it. In 2007, Tori Amos had this thought on June 6th in Dusseldorf, right before playing Just Ellen for just the only time in her career. Ooh, no. 
The 2007 American Doll Posse World Tour was filled with so many amazing improvs, it's so hard to choose just one, but I've gone with Prayer for Rolene, live in Phoenix, December 11, 2007. I just love this, and it's available for purchase. You can go to iTunes right now. It's on the legs and boots for Phoenix, December 11, 2007. Purchase it now. Support Tori Amos. Boy, it's a crazy old night. Either I'm seeing things very possible. But I think time has caught up on me Cause I see a face in these seats Twenty-one I Thank you. 
Next night, December 12, 2007, in Phoenix, Tori had this thought. Hey, hold on. Hey, hold on. Get the fuck out of my show. Get the fuck out. Get out. Get the fuck out of my... Get out. It's a privilege to sit in the front row. Get the fuck out. Are you with her? You go too if you're with her. Goodbye. It's a privilege. These are my seats. I give them to people who like music. So get the fuck out. Beautiful song thoughts were not the only thoughts Tori had in 2007. She also had wild spoken thoughts, like this one. Oh, that's terrible. That is just the worst piece of crap. No, you cannot talk about something. Toxic shock syndrome. It's the, it's the um, feminine blood record. You can't have Tampax for a hot song. I'm sorry, all I can think of is Tampax. Whoever wrote that should be fucking shot. And I might love that person, but you can't do that. Not if you have a twat, one you like. I like my fucking twat. You know, how can you be doing that? Okay, well, it serves to note that we don't get the beginning of the thought, right? Someone has clipped out what they've asked her. And the question could have been, Tori Amos, what is your thought on Britney's song Toxic, which is about toxic shock syndrome someone could have led her there yeah you think the journalist fed her that information we've never seen the beginning it's possible it's possible the journalist was mistaken and blamed it on tori amos or is toxic about that i don't know we should ask britney to send a dispatch on instagram (sighs) i have tried to get an interview with britney for years Mm -hmm. nothing no response 
Free Britney. Free Britney. In 2009, Torimus had many thoughts, most of which were sinful, but also attractive. Mm. And here's one in particular that we enjoy. If you woke up tomorrow in an alternate universe where nobody knew who Torimus was, and you had to start your career over from scratch, would you do it? Sure. Of course I would. So if I had no manager, if we're playing this game, and I, I would need a place that had a piano, or I would have brought my own little Yamaha with speakers so I could do a busk or I don't know lie and say uh, prostitutes deciding to repent at the United Methodist Church in Austin and pass flyers out they'll be there at 8 o'clock and maybe hopefully the prostitutes will have done me a favor because I've always gotten along very well with them and uh, maybe they'd be there and maybe a thousand people would show up and I'd be playing at the United Methodist Church. If you had to choose and from now on you could only compose in the major scale or in the minor scale, what would you choose? Definitely the minor scale. What if you were feeling really happy and you just wanted to express something in C major? What would you do then? I can express something really happy with the diminished chord. I don't need a major chord to be happy. What do you think about that? I can't express happiness hardly at all, but certainly not in a diminished chord. I've never felt joy a day in my life. That was like she owns that guy. She did. That was like she really just told him off right there in her own way. Mm -hmm. That's her way of saying, don't mess with me. You don't even know how rich my palate is. I also love how she thinks that if she had to start her career over from scratch and no one knew she was, a thousand people would show up. That's like a low number for her now, but like, good luck being a local musician getting a thousand people at your show. I don't think she remembers those early little earthquake shows. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I have a bunch of local musician friends who, (laughs) they'd be lucky if a hundred people showed up, let's be honest. Yeah. But I like her confidence. Me too. I admire her confidence. Speaking of confidence, Tori Amos was sure confident on May 11, 2009 at the London Solo Show when she had this thought. Anyway, the point is, if um, we had done this two weeks ago, then um, all kinds of things wouldn't be the same. I have this amazing security guard upstairs. I wouldn't have her. <laughs> and she is called Sade. It's true. <laughs> and she is so She looked my way and said, You're gonna drink that champagne. I said, You girl are my kind of fame. And you're a smooth
On August 17, 2009, Tori Amos had this thought in Boston. In 2011, Toria must have this thought. Annabelle is a changeling creature, a shape-shifting being that's come out of nature. Through Fox's eyes, I've been watching you. You do learn more about Annabelle as the story goes on, and she is duality. She is the hunter and the hunted um, in her fox form and her goose form. Do you think that was her way of saying she regretted not naming her daughter Annabelle? No, but I think, it, no. <laughs> That's all. That was the end no. of that thought. No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. On November 12, 2011, Tori Amos had this thought live in Johannesburg, South Africa. So many songs, so many songs, so many songs. So many requests, I can't do them all at one time. But while I'm here, I'll fucking try to do as many songs as I can, as I can, as I can. You know, they have a mind of their own. I swear to you, they do. They'll say you thought I was coming, but I'm going out with Howard Hughes. So many songs, so many songs. 
So many songs come and go, but I swear to you they love you so, they all love you so. But some wanna come cause they have to come, cause they're trying to talk to one of you, or two, or four, or I don't know what they're coming for. So many songs, so many songs, they have a mind of their own, and sometimes they'll call them So many songs, so many songs. Next night, November 13, 2011, also in Johannesburg, she had this thought. Another song comes through, another song comes through and says, T, it's time for me now. And sometimes a song comes through, and I had it written down somehow else, but change cause the song says now I'm coming through boys so we gotta go back to this mic cause another one's coming down from the sky gotta come through yeah she was gonna come through she was gonna come sooner or later but she says I'm coming right now In 2012, Tori Amos had this thought, live and on stage. And um, so Tash, I know you've got fizzy drinks in your box and loads of chocolate. Are you there? You and your friends are still there? Okay, so I'm sure you're going to use discretion and not eat all the candy so that your teachers will get the best of you tomorrow. And moms, isn't it great when your kids listen to you? What are your thoughts on that, David? How many fizzy drinks have you had today? Don't tell me how to live. I'll know when I'm done. When was the last time you had a Coke Zero, David? Actually, I haven't had one yet today. Last today. night. <laughs> last night. I have what? Today. Today. That's right. Okay. In 2014, Tori Amos had this thought. May 8th in Dublin. These are requests. That Lizard Lounge is something we're doing. We've done it before. If you get your requests in early, I'm trying to do them. And I'm letting loads of people down tonight because I can only do two. So, huh? There are rules to this game And the rules are Think piano bar You think piano bar If you're gay I might have played for you If you were born But I was 13 When I started that But we'd go down 
This thought happened on May 14th, 2014 in Nottingham. And in 2017, on the Native Invader tour, Tori Amos had this thought, which is actually her quoting another thought she already had. I think that this time is about, I mean, tonight's the memorial show from a year ago. Right. Where I was writing a new record. I didn't realize it, but the record I thought I was writing wasn't Native Invader. Interesting. But you know what's great? On the, on the anniversary of this total sea change, not a good one, we have a new sea change because last night, you know, Virginia went blue. We got a, a new blue state. New Jersey is back blue. New York has stayed blue. We have a first transgender congresswoman. We have a man whose wife was an on-air reporter who got shot and killed on air, and he's been running on an anti-gun platform, and he won. So, I mean, that's in Virginia. Well, I want to say, oh, Virginia you remember your name yeah speaking of america on november 24th 2017 tori had this thought in seattle
was a, a thought and song format that I just loved. Mm. <laughs> so I wanted to play that there. Much like thoughts itself. And we're back where we started. Exactly. What's your favorite thought she's ever thunk? I'm taking that question very seriously. I think my favorite thought that Tori has ever thought was, you know, I should play the piano. Oh, that's a good thought. Yeah. <laughs> Thus, from that thought, all thoughts were born. All thoughts sprung from that which they have wow. sprang thereof. My favorite thought is this thought. No matter how strong you feel sometimes you find yourself crawling on your knees because that phone is not ringing and you know that it's slipping through your fingers and you know that you're just not going to be able to get through that wall i had that on my answering machine in my first apartment when people call and listen to that message they were like um stop being so dramatic and answer the phone because i did just call you the phone was <laughs> oh, ringing yeah. oh my god if you would just stop feeling sorry for yourself for two goddamn such a seconds good point. oh such a good point like why aren't you picking up the phone it is ringing you invented, why are you crawling on your knees <laughs> yeah you invented vague booking i did vague machining you were like no <laughs> vague I'm, answering. I'm upset no one called I'm me upset. Oh. i'm crawling on my knees no i'm fine <laughs> i love it well that's been it for thoughts we hope you've enjoyed your visit to the amos live lounge goodbye great episode we did mm. if thoughts was a song it would want us to talk about it and we did and we did congratulations to you david on a stellar performance today felicitaciones congratulations to you congratulations to you oliver for rolling it with the best of them oh you rolled it if you like what we do you can follow us on all our socials at songs of Tori Amos, on instagram twitter and facebook if you really like what we do, you can head over to patreon.com slash songs of Tori Amos, where you can become a supporter today. We have many different thoughts at many different levels for you to enjoy, mostly audio content. And if you really, really, really like what we do, leave us a five-star review on iTunes or call Apple and ask them how to leave a six-star review. Do it now. And if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can call 323-296-9955. And maybe, just maybe, we'll play it on the show. Probably. Probably we will. We will. Test us. See what happens. We should do a whole episode dedicated to Emily Cousins, because she's by far our most frequent caller. We should have thoughts with Emily Cousins. We should have had thoughts with Emily Cousins. Damn. Cousins by the dozens. Thoughts by the lots. That's a good one. I don't need you to congratulate it. I know it was good. (laughs) I know. That's how good it is. It speaks for itself. Well, thanks, David. We'll see you next time. Sugar. Why can't this guy remember how many sugars I take in my tea? Maybe you should start drinking Splenda in your tea. I have Splenda. What if this song was called Splenda? We'll talk about that next time. Bye. Bye.
Drive All Night is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned in this episode, please visit us online at songsoftoryamis.com.